This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, that place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here with Chris. As of this recording, Josh is not with us because he is currently recording with Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler. He's recording a podcast with Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler. Can I just say this? to uh yes yes i'm sorry to interrupt but uh his grandfather passed away yesterday yes yes so, so y- you so guys be praying josh, for josh and his family yeah, yeah. yeah keep josh and his family in your prayers um but it is very cool that josh is getting to have that opportunity um to to hang out with joe thorne uh to hang out with jimmy fowler uh fellowship with them and also do some recording so that's awesome Uh, But yes, keep Josh and his family uh, in your prayers. But we are a podcast that seeks to approach church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We are on Patreon. So if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash matter of theology and become a subscriber up there on Patreon. Uh, We have a show that dropped last week. Yeah. But the... I actually did something just for our Patreon subscribers and I took the video of that show and I put it up a week in advance. So they got to see it uh, and listen to it a week in advance. You're crazy, man. It's crazy. So things like that you get, like you could get shows in advance. Uh, That's just how it is. But we're also going to be putting, if you remember our between the matters episodes, we're going to be recording whole new stuff of, of between the matters video. It's going to be up on the Patreon. You don't want to miss those. And some, I know some of you thought the between the matters were our best episodes, like not even our actual episodes of content, but just us being us uh, goofing off on the between the matter stuff. Uh, So you will want to become a Patreon. Yes, please. Yes. We are members of the Christian podcast community. So if you would like more Christian podcasts, go check out strivingforeternity.org. And we want to see you at the Cruciform Conference. The conference is on, yes, it's on holiness this year, October 23rd through the 24th in Indianapolis, Indiana. And there's going to be a pre-conference on the 22nd. And that conference is going to be on abortion. Anthony Mathenia is going to be the main speaker. And we are going to be doing a show at the conference, at the pre-conference. That's uh, right. Yeah. Speakers for the conference include Justin Peters, Anthony Mathenia, mm-hmm. Gabe Hughes, Jeffrey Johnson, uh, some guy that's kind of subpar exegesis, uh, definitely needs work on his preaching, uh, a guy named Chris Huff. Um, He's going I to always need work. He, and I'm, and I'm being very serious. I'm, I always need work. <laughs> you know what, bro? I've got some, uh, I've got some lectures on expository preaching. You can it's true. You do. I'll, I'll send them over to you. You do. Uh, I appreciate that, man. Thank yeah, you. Thank yeah, you. No Free of charge too. Free of charge. Oh, Hey man. Awesome. Yeah. So tickets are available. Early bird tickets are ending soon. Uh, so head on over to cruciformministries.org and register and get your tickets today. Holiness matters. Holiness yes. matters. It, it, uh, it, it, righteous living matters. It That's does. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Yep. So on today's episode, we're actually going to be going back to kind of kind of our roots, like how we just kind of really started this thing. And that's just expositing scripture. You say roots or roots? Roots. There's roots. two O's. Roots. R-O-O-T. Depends on where you're from, man. No, that's like people who say roof as rough. Like rough. I was on hey, the man, rough of the house. Rough. I got to I got to go up there to the rough. <laughs> like, no, it's roof because there's two O's. Yeah, you know, just uh, and you don't say, yeah, I went to uh, I, I had a loose. You say I had a loose tooth, not I had a loose tooth. <laughs> right. It doesn't work that way. I want to challenge any of our listeners. The next time you go to the, the dentist, the orthodontist, say that I got a loose tooth. Wait, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, but the Sorry. passage we're going to be expositing today is we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter two, verses six through 10. Now you might be like, well, why? Because right now, given our current cultural climate conditions, uh, everything that's going on, what we're seeing inside the church and outside the church. We need to come back to these verses. Uh, these verses are, are essential for our living. They should be tattooed on our foreheads. We should constantly be in remembrance of these verses. Well, that's right. We, we, are, we are constantly living in a, in a world where, first of all, information uh, moves very, very quickly. Uh, right, things change hourly, minutely. Is that even a word? I think so. But um, and so often, what we what we end up seeing is so many believers um, are, are 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 biblically illiterate uh, to to what the scriptures say about how we are to live and why we are to be on guard, why we are to yearn for, long for, search for wisdom and discernment and, and where that wisdom and discernment comes from. Uh, and, and we have, as, as Second Peter tells us, everything we need as it pertains to life and godliness. I was reminded uh, this week of, of a quote that I love by, by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. He said that the, the discernment is not deciding between right and wrong, but between right and almost right. And in our day, we see so much uh, thrown at us and that we are told to just accept as truth um, uh, without uh, and, and believers without the ability or desire to test what we're being told and what we're seeing against the backdrop of what we know to be the absolute authority in truth, and that is the very word of God. Uh, so as, as, um, as Drew and I have been uh, talking and praying, and um, uh, you know, this is just a passage of scripture that, uh, that we landed on, and the reason that we landed here is, is uh, you'll remember a few episodes back, Dr. Tom Buck, um, I asked him just to give an encouragement and an, an admonishment to our listeners and anybody listening as he talked about uh, pastoring through the pandemic and riots. And, and right here in the middle of the section that we're going to talk about tonight, he gave this verse, Colossians 2.8. So, uh, so as, as, uh, as we were kind of talking through what to do, um, this is something that, uh, that, that landed pretty heavily on both of our hearts. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. So, Colossians chapter two, verse six, therefore, now let's just stop right there. What Paul's doing is he's bringing forward everything that he has just said in this letter. So now we need to kind of go back and view a, a general outline of, of from chapter one, verse one, all the way to chapter two, verse six. And why is that, Drew? Because What's the first rule in studying scripture? Context matters, man. What about the second rule? Context. What about the third? Context. Okay, cool. Just check. Yeah. Context matters. And let me tell you why context matters, right? Because of the application that you have to give. And you don't just take a passage and rip it from its context and seek to apply it any way you want. Come on, yeah. Now, the more context you gain about a passage, the more narrow your application becomes of that mm. passage. 
So we need to gain as much context as possible. Amen. So, so let's just work from a general outline here. So uh, to start, Paul is dealing with personal matters. That's chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 14. In this, Paul is dealing with his greeting, right? You see that. You see his greeting. You see his thankfulness for the, the churches at Colossae. But then you see his prayer for them as well. So moving on from personal matters, you have doctrinal instruction. This is chapter 1, verse 15 through chapter 2, verse 23. And in this section, Paul deals with Christ's deity he deals with his ministry, and he deals with false philosophies. And so what we're going to be discussing, it falls right in between Paul's ministry and dealing with false philosophies. Right, right. And you'll notice here as we, as, as we read, you know, verses 6 through 10, there, there's an admonition given in verses 6 and 7, uh, you know, and then 8 through 10 is, is, is or verse 8 is a warning. Um, and then followed by, you know, the, 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 why, the why behind the what, the, the why, why are you giving this warning um, and the reasons uh, to, 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 to heed this warning. So uh, a strong passage, man, strong passage. Go for it. That's right. So, uh, so as we are getting into chapter two at, at verse one, Paul is it, it says he has a great struggle. What this means is Paul is working hard for the Colossians for the purpose of their hearts being knit together in love in order to reach all the riches of the full assurance and understanding of knowledge of Christ because all wisdom and knowledge is found in Christ. And the purpose of him saying this is so that no one will be misled by clever arguments. Yeah, in verse 5, he says, and, and though I'm absent in the body, nevertheless, I am with you in spirit, mm -hmm. rejoicing to see your good discipline and your stability mm -hmm. of your faith in Christ. And so right. gathering all that, thank you for that context. Yeah, man. And then here we go, the therefore in verse right. 6. Right. But I, I mean, I, I, I want to go back to, the, to that verse five, just because, yeah. uh, I mean, think about where Paul is, right? Where does he write all his letters from? Well, he writes them from prison, but the, the discipline of the Colossians in walking in faith, their firmness in faith brings Paul joy, not just happiness, but joy. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is temporal. Happiness mm -hmm. is just an emotion that comes and goes. It, I mean, it can be on a roller coaster ride. But joy, no matter your circumstances, is eternal. Yeah, and you also see that in, with the Philippians. You know, in all my prayers for all, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He says in Philippians one, um, and and of course that that. That book is is filled with the command to rejoice, and you would think it was written uh, that Paul was at some nice resort somewhere, um, but no, he was in chains, um, uh, reminding the Philippian church, the church of Philippi, there to rejoice, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and he couldn't be, and you know, obviously there's only one of him, um, and so so this was his way of encouraging the church at Colossae um, to to be careful. That's right. That's right. So therefore, Paul is uh, bringing all of this forward. So because of this, therefore, as you received Jesus Christ, the Lord, that is the teachings that you received from Epaphras, so walk in him. Now that is continuing to walk in him. The, the, the phrase there, so walk, uh, in the Greek, peripatete is a present imperative. It's a continuing of something that has already begun. So right off the bat, what we get into is he's continuing, or, or, or he's encouraging them to continue walking. And right, this isn't a rebuke. This is an encouragement to keep in the discipline of walking in faith. 
Right, right. And and it's a, I mean, it could literally be translated, lead, lead your life in him, lead your life, move forward. So walk in him. And we see that, that same encouragement in Colossians 1.10. Um, uh, he says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all aspects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then, and then another cross-reference, 1 John 2.6 the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. And so the, therefore you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, uh, as curios, Lord, master, having all power and all authority. And, and in this section of scripture, like he bookends it, right? He's top and tail here um, is, is establishing the fact that Christ is the head of all. By using that word "curios," Lord, um, in that, yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and I mean, and and what we're going to see in this really is this this whole section is the lordship of Christ. Amen. Come on. Uh, so so continue walking in Christ. Verse seven, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, let's look. I have there a question, are, though. I'm sorry. I have a question. I'm sorry to interrupt. Does the ESV not have the word firmly in there? No, it has established. It says established. No, no, at the beginning, having firmly rooted. Oh, uh, no, it just says rooted. Gotcha, gotcha. So so uh, just just, just uh, for our listeners, tonight Drew is reading from the elect standard version. That is uh, true. And, and Chris is, is sticking with the most literal uh, translation, the, the, new, the new American standard, a.k.a. non-Arminian standard Bible. Um, and, uh, and, and so before, are you, were you going to go to being built up? Were you going to start there? Well, or well, you- well, well first, so, so I'm reading the ESV one, mainly in honor of Josh, who can't be here, uh, because he, we do need some ESV representation. But if you would like, if you would like me to one-up <laughs> you uh, on, on, on literal stuff, I can break out the Net Bible, which is translated from Bible translators and textual critics. So if you would like me to one up you. Oh no, I, I was just educating that. I was just oh. educating our our listeners and letting them know why the difference. Oh. Because I love the way the NAS says it there. Mm-hmm. Having having been mm-hmm. firmly rooted. Mm-hmm. That eternal planting that took place, that perfect, that permanent salvation. Uh, and as we all affirm, unless you're an Arminian, salvation is a completed work of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is rooted in him, held in him, and planted by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so no, I just, I just like the adjective there firmly. So that's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I mean, it's just, uh, and I love, and you know, I love the NAS, but also this kind of, the, the ESV kind of assumes that you don't need to be told that no, it's, it's good to firmly, firmly, firmly rooted. It, it's, a, it's assuming that the reader knows that this is perfect tense in the present passive voice. So um, <laughs> you're assuming a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's good to have multiple translations. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just um, messing with you. But let's, let's look at these words. So, so we've got rooted, built up, and established, or uh, the word firm is there, can be therefore established as well. Now, these are all present passive, uh, in the present passive voice. Now, what it's doing is- So what does that mean? It's reflecting that uh, God's activity among them. It's saying God has done something. They haven't done it. It was God who rooted them. It was God who built them up. It was God who established them. They didn't do it. It was God who did all the work. That's right. That's right. So it's, 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 it's God who, who firmly rooted. And now it is God who uh, didn't just build, build you up in the past tense. Like, like notice the word being there. It's a continual building. Uh, that, but again, it's something that Christ has done, something that God has done. It is being built up. Uh, this is, and, and I love the words that Paul uses here, man. Like, like when you think about that firmly rooted, and now being built up. So we're, our root, our foundation is in him, in Christ. And so 
everything that we do ought to be uh, springing from, of growing from, the fruit should be uh, being produced from what he has planted. And, and, and that is crucial in and through our lives is we have to remember that, that, that everything we do in word and deed, as Paul says later in Colossians 3, ought to be in his name because of that. So that brings us to talking about sanctification, Christ being the root of our salvation, but he's also the root of our sanctification as we are constantly being built up in him. And Romans eight twenty nine says we are being conformed more and more continually into the image of Christ. That's right. That's right. And all these things, God rooted us, God built us up, God established us in the faith. Faith is a gift. Faith is not something we conjure up. Faith is a gift that has to be bestowed upon us. Faith comes by our hearts being changed by God and then drawn by God. And we come to faith because the faith has been granted to us in order to even to even believe. We can't have faith unless it is given to us, um, just as you were taught. Again, referencing back to as you received Christ, what they were taught from Epaphras. This goes. This actually ties back to uh, chapter one. Right. Abounding in thanksgiving that's right that's right absolutely a- absolutely so so just a couple of cross references there um for the i'm i'm i'm, I'm sorry i'm slow uh, still stuck on the being built up in him you know we see acts 20 32 and now i commend you to god uh and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Uh, and then you have second Peter uh, three eighteen, where, where the, the apostle Peter says, but, but grow in grace and knowledge, grow in grace and knowledge. There's that, 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 those, that language again of, of a plant grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And then, and then Peter moves into this beautiful doxology of, of to him be the glory both now and, and to the day of eternity. Um, and then I have one more uh, there in Ephesians. Uh, it's Ephesians. I, I don't have, I didn't have that marked, but it's Ephesians uh, 4.13. Uh, one second, I went past it. Um, so, so, but I, I love the, the, the language there. We have to remember that. That's, it's so important. Uh, to, to look at. So uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 13 uh, says this, until we all t- attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Again, Paul writing about the fullness of Christ, Paul writing about his desire for the, the people uh, that God has given him as a mercy, the ministry that God has given him. He says something similar in Galatians where he says, I, I long for uh, with, with the, 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 the birth pains um, for you to be mature in Christ. And so, so I, I love what he's saying here. You're, you, you're firmly rooted, firmly planted, being built up and growing, established in the faith that you've been given just as you were instructed. And it's overflowing with gratitude. And I, and I wrote down a couple of thoughts about this. Uh, when it comes to our obedience in Christ, there is, I wrote down this thought today, there's an assurance that comes with obedience that results in growing in his grace and in our faith. I'm going to read it again. There's an assurance that comes with obedience that results in growing in his grace and our faith. We should desire obedience. And when all of these things are, are done together, look at the outcome. Right, We have firmly rooted, built up, established. The outcome is an active overflowing of, of gratitude and worship mm-hmm. that we, are, we have been given salvation. We have been sanctified in him. We have been, he has given us faith that's been established, that's confirmed, that's secure, that's guaranteed, that's concrete. Um, and, 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 and it should overflow with absolute gratitude. 
Right. And so uh, what that means that kind of that, that overflowing or abounding means uh, unable to be numbered. Yes. It's just because of what God has done, Mm. we should be overflowing. We should be abounding in thankfulness in him. We should, we should be abounding and overflowing in gratitude towards him. We should be abounding and overflowing in our worship to him which which means you know what we don't look at having this kind of focus and attitude means we we aren't concerned with what we don't have mm-hmm. we right. aren't caught up with um and 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 you know I, we're not caught up with with what others have versus what we don't have we're not caught up with um you know uh th- th- this, this victimization mentality that we're seeing today in the church what what this means is that we realize that it's all of grace. Everything we have has been rooted, built, established, and given by God as a mercy. Therefore, our gratitude is overflowing constantly. And, and, and that's what helps give us the resolve and the courage to stand firm. That's right. That's right. So now... <clears throat> Let's move into into verse chapter or <laughs> to, to verse eight. Now, before we get into verse eight, I want to tell you that there is a heresy that Paul is addressing. Yep. And this is an early form of Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna see that. Um, kind of kind of shades of him addressing that. So verse verse eight, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world. There's where we get this idea of of Gnosticism and not according to Christ. Yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say this early form of Gnosticism, right? And, and we're both fans of church history. Church history is essential yep. to the yes. believer. Yes. What we see now is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. We just see repackaged forms of ancient heresies. What creeps in in the church is one thing that's going on now is early forms of Gnosticism, where we have this higher knowledge so that you need to listen to us because, because we've received right the word. We're rightly dividing it because we have this, this greater and higher knowledge. You've been reading scripture wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, uh, th- this section and this verse in particular, uh, Drew and I were talking offline, uh, has been something that uh, for the past few weeks I have been um, – focused on, memorized, um, and, and have sought to unpack this as much as I can in context. And, um, and let me just say this, it's, you know, throughout scripture, uh, you see, uh, the Bible warning, uh, uh, those of us who would believe and uh, the people then that, that, that they were writing to and, 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 and uh, the, the writers of Scripture, the, the, the prophets and, and those of the Lord seeking to warn, uh, uh, warn people against false prophets and worthless fellows. You know, Moses gave those instructions in Deuteronomy 13. And then you've got, you know, Jeremiah chapter 9, um, you know, saying that, that these false teachers and false prophets, they do nothing but dump oppression upon imp- oppression and deceit upon deceit. Uh, Jeremiah 23, the Lord says here, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. And then you fast forward to the New Testament. You've got Matthew 7, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You've got um, Psalms and Proverbs are, 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 are chock full of calls to be on guard. Uh, Proverbs 26, uh, Psalm 55, 
uh, again, back to the New Testament, Paul in, in Romans 16, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they, dece they deceive the hearts of the naive or the gullible. Um, Peter talks about the devil, right? Prowling, he prowls like a roaring lion. Um, Second Peter 3, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people. Acts 20, 28 through 30, I don't know how any pastor can read Acts 20 and not have a desire to protect and equip their flock against this kind of stuff. Listen to these words. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to take care for the church of God, which he attained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce or ravenous wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Second Timothy, the pastoral epistles are full of commands to rebuke. I mean, call them out. Titus says severely, sharply, Second uh, Timothy 4, when, when Paul is encouraging his young son in the faith to preach the word, he tells them, for a time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And, and, and that's where we see ourselves today. I'm going to read a quote. Uh, by Dr. Tom Askell uh, in his book, by, or in the book, not his book, By What Standard, God's World, God's Rules, Dr. Askell says this, quote, the devil has been very effective in confusing people about what constitutes real justice and what actually working for justice entails. God is the only source of justice. He is the righteous one who has created this world, and he has defined justice for us in his word. So now we move into this section in Colossians and this verse, and, and, and Paul gets right to it. He says this right here. It's an imperative right out of the gate. This is an active imperative. See to it. Make it. So do this. Good leaders, contrary to what some have said, don't just give people the information and let them choose. Good leaders who want to protect their flock and properly lead people will say, see to this, do this, or do not do this, that no one takes you captive. Be aware, open your eyes, be on guard. See to it. So, uh, so brother, I'll turn it back over to you as we as we we really start to unpack this. There's so much here in this one verse. Yeah, yeah. Now this this idea of captive. Let's let's look at this idea of captive. Takes right? you captive. Yep. To take hold of, to lay hold of something that has come upon you that captures you. Right. It, right. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so when you look at that word, the, that section takes you captive. Um, it's only used right here in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. It's only used there. Um, and it's a, it's a compound Greek word, meaning booty, like pirate booty, not, not like other booty. Let's, uh, let's just be clear. Um, and to carry off. So it literally means to kidnap, to carry off as booty or a spoil of war. Mm -hmm. So to plunder. Well, and let me love, let me pirates, go. Over, so. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was actually just about to to get sorry. Into that. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, use that as a because so so back in the, in in pirate times there was uh, a technique that people would use called Shanghai. They would Shanghai you, and it was a way to get you to work on their ship uh, because working on ships was. Uh, something you actually did not want to do. You didn't get paid very well. It was very hard work, um, long hours, 
and you're just pretty much abused a lot of the time. So what they would do is they would r- arrange some agreement with the guy who owned the tavern or the bar or whatever. And there was always some kind of a, a room associated with the bar where you would actually uh, slip some kind of a drug agent into a person's drink. They would pass out. You would drag them to the room where there's a trap door that led all the way down to the ship. And they would drop you down there. And the next thing you know, you wake up, you're on a ship. Uh, so, So that's really what this means is to capture, to kidnap, to haul off. Um, but, but it doesn't just, there's a way it does it. It does it deceitfully. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, and, and Paul gets into that in a couple of verses or a couple of words here, you know, through, through philosophy and empty, empty deception or empty deceit. Um, so, so not only is he driving that home with that expression, uh, but, but then just in case that wasn't clear enough, he, he says, you know, through, through vain or fruitless deception mm-hmm. um, there. And, and when you think about through philosophy, right, I mean, everybody searches, mm-hmm. right? A philosophy is translated as, as, a, as a search for truth. It's something that man has always searched for. Why am I here? What is the, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> I'll never forget coming home one day, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you this story. Um, and Noah was watching Blippi. And if anybody out there has a toddler, you know who Blippi is. And if you're a parent, um, uh, then, then it kind of drives you nuts <laughs> because he can be annoying. Um, but, uh, but, uh, and one of the videos that he starts, it, it like pans to him and he's writing something down and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was just writing down the meaning of life. And, uh, and Noah one day was like, like, but daddy, what is the meaning of life? And, and I've been doing catechisms with him since before he was one. And, and I said, well, Noah, what's the chief end of man? He said, to glorify God. I said, and what? He said, enjoy him forever. I said, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I think about philosophy, unfortunately, because yeah. I think about Blippi. Yeah. Well, I mean, philosophies are uh, in, you know, in universities, it's always said philosophy is one of the dumbest things you can, you can get your degree in, but they have philosophy professors, which is really weird that they would say that. But uh, <laughs> R.C. Sproul did too, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think, uh, Maybe Greg Bonson did as well. I, I can't be for sure, though. Um, but philosophies are uh, really, you're just thinking and contemplating different things, right? So, so if you're out one day and you're thinking, you know, why are clouds fluffy, right? You're engaging in philosophy, uh, you know, to simplify it. But we, philosophies are, also, are not just ways of thinking but they're also ways of teaching and we would also call these ideologies these people have brought in especially into the church and that's what happens when when paul goes to a place he establishes a church he leaves someone comes in behind him to establish some kind of false ideology and way of thinking about God and about the Christian faith. Yeah, and we're seeing that a ton today. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing these 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 godless ideologies, uh, such as uh, critical theory, critical race theory, white privilege. Um, you know, be, being propagated, and and it's one of those things, man. That you know, we we expect the world to be the world. They don't have the, we talked about it earlier. You said it earlier. We've been given the faith. Our eye, the veil has been removed from our eyes. We have been risen from death to life and given the ability to comprehend, Paul says in Corinthians, the, the wonder, the beauty, the majesty of the cross and what Christ has done. Um, and, and, you know, what Paul is warning here is, you know, be aware that no one takes you captive through, through these, these philosophies, these teachings, these ideologies that are fruitless and that are, according to the tradition of men, is in the direction of man. And, and of course, the, the key here is, is the end of the verse, mm-hmm. uh, which, which we'll jump there and then jump back to where we are, but rather than according to Christ. Anything that's pulling you, anything that would lead you astray from the simplicity and the, the, the beauty and the wonder 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, so now we can also take philosophy and we can translate that to a worldview. Everyone has a worldview, a particular way of viewing or thinking about the world. So now the worldview that's being addressed here is one that is empty. It's one that is deceitful because it is according, it's a philosophy, it's a worldview that is according to human tradition. It's not a worldview that is according to Christ. Now, what we have, and sadly, what we have in the church is we have conflicting worldviews where we would think that in the church, we would have the biblical Christian worldview. But what we're seeing is we're seeing worldviews and philosophies from outside the church, from the world, from the traditions of men, things that are completely made up in order to elevate man and, mm. and continually separate men on the basis of whatever insert adjective here right Right, on the basis of 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 whatever you can think of and that's making its way into the church and we see leaders people Mm -hmm. who 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 you know just a couple years ago we would say man they're awesome they're so they're gospel centered, right? I, I read an article that came off of their website, and it was it was the best thing. I I I, I refer back to it all the time. I shared it and all this stuff. But let me tell you, the gospel coalition's going down the drain. Okay, uh, because worldly ideologies have crept in. Mm-hmm. Major. Uh, pastors who have who have written very very helpful explicit gospel books are going down the drain because they're holding on to worldly ideologies that have no place in the church get back to the book right i think of steve lawson right where he's talking and he says give us the book yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, there's a quote um, that uh, that I heard this week that um, I, I wrote down um, by a theologian named Kevin Van Hooser, uh, who said this. He says, uh, quote, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood matters in motion, but against isms and against powers that seek to name and control reality. Mm-hmm. Period. Close quote. And 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 so th- this this empty philosophy um that's that that has crept in um but you know i think of jude right um let me, let me just turn there real quick because i, I want to make sure I, I i read this correctly um but uh you know so you know the book of jude starts out you know beloved while i was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation i felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints verse four for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand, and this is scary, marked out for this condemnation, ungodly person who turned the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the book just continues um, to, to describe what these men are doing. And then in verse 11, it says, woe to them. Um, they, they are, these are, this, this is what I, this is where I was looking for actually. Verse 12, these are men who are hidden reefs in your love feast. When they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, they are clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. That's a, that's a scary spot to be, but we see that happening. And one of the reasons that we see that happening is that, that, and, and, you know, th- this falls not just on pastors, but all of us, but it starts with pastors and elders in the fact that you have a responsibility. You have a calling and a command. Second Corinthians 4.1, you've been given this ministry by the mercy of God. You have been commanded to protect your flock. You've been commanded to stick to the book. We have everything we need as it pertains to life and godliness. We don't need critical race theory as an analytical tool. We don't need Matt Chandler holding conferences 
and and online events that talk about why white privilege is white, what it is, and who it affects. You know what we need? We need a conference on holiness. So if you're going to be in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana on October 23rd through 24th, you're going to want to head over to the Cruciform Conference on Holiness. I mean, you do. It's very true. But I mean, it's, it's it, look, pastors, but then moving beyond that, Christians, Christians, you have a responsibility and a calling to not just read your Bible on a surface level. You need to know what God's word says and what God's word says, what, what it means by what it says. That's right. You're commanded to have a right hermeneutic, a right homardiology, a right soteriology, a right, hello, biblical anthropology. And then again, backing up to verse 7, all and seeing all that happens, you remember what Christ has done. And then you, you your attitude is that of overflowing with gratitude. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, I mean, it just, we have, as believers in, this, in the church, w- look, you know, Vody Bauckham says that apologetics are not for the Navy SEALs of Christians, right? They're for all of us. It's time for Christians. It's time for Christians. You're called to be pastors or not, to when you hear stuff like this mm-hmm. and, and, and you see people that have been taken captive by this, that you would have the courage and the resolve to stand firm, speak mm-hmm. truth, rebuke if necessary, gently, in love, but I'm sorry, we, we, we are so consumed with the love of God, the love of God, showing the love of God, that we have forgotten that we are commanded in the scriptures to avoid and call out false teachers and false teachings publicly. Mm-hmm. Because, because Paul tells in the pastoral epistles, because they are coming in, they're creeping into people's homes and taking them captive. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So moving forward. <laughs> therefore therefore uh verse 9 for in him that's Christ the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily now this is another uh, uh another indication of uh dealings with early gnosticism and i'll I'll deal with this this bodily first and then we'll go back to the beginning of of the verse so bodily so so early gnostics believe that anything spiritual was was good anything flesh or bodily was bad it was corrupted by sin so they believed jesus didn't come as in body form in flesh form they believed he came in spirit because why would he corrupt himself and take on a body because the flesh was sinful. It was uh, not to be inhabited. So, but what he's, what Paul's saying here is that no, 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 no. Don't fall into these philosophies that give a wrong view of Jesus. And now take that. We can take that and we can apply that today to all the many wrong views of Jesus. We are to have a right philosophy, a right view, a right worldview of who God is, of who the person of Jesus is. Well, the fullness of deity dwells in him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And that the Greek word there for all, pos, Mm -hmm. is of every kind. And it's the same word that Paul uses in Colossians 1.19 when he says, for it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. It all dwells in Christ. It means to dwells there means to, to settle down or to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it's, and notice it's dwells. It's present dwells. tense. It's present tense. That's right. That's right. It's, and, and remember, that combined with Hebrews that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he, th- this has always been the case. So anyone that still tries to hold to this Arian heresy that Christ was not God, uh, that he did what he did as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's, that's heresy, repent. Um, that, that, that is not truth. That is not even, not even in the same vicinity as truth. Right. Um, so it's another reminder. And, and I noticed too, man, just going back to the top, you see in him. 
uh, right? Verse seven, built up in him, um, rather than according to Christ, verse eight, verse nine, in him, verse 10, in him. Notice the theme. Notice the theme that Paul is continuing to show that it's all rooted and based and, and founded in Christ. Right. And you'll see that basically all the way through. That's right. Um, but this is not the, the fullness of deity is not just a temporary dwelling. Oh, come on. Come on. Right? Just like you said, it is present tense, which means it is now. It was then. It is now. Christ came. He took on flesh, right? He, he had to be fully human in order for him to represent us on the cross. So he had to be human in order to fulfill God's law perfectly. He had to be human in order to be our representation. But that doesn't mean that once he died and rose again and ascended, that he left his bodily form. He is still in bodily form. How do we know? Because he will come again in the That's same right. way right. that he left, which is a bodily form. So right. this is important to the person of Christ. So deity dwelled in Christ when he was here. Mm -hmm. It continues to dwell now. And it will be dwelling in the future. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, amen. And, and, then, and then we get into verse 10, mm -hmm. right? And in him, you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. So again, it's, and in him, mm -hmm. uh, you have been made complete. You exist in him. You take place in him. You're present with him always you are filled um you are you are uh, executed right that, that that's i mean not executed like killed but but it's carried out carried out to the fullness and um right because so, of who, so, so, so yeah. there's there's nothing left to do there's Correct. nothing left yes. to add that's there's right. no other work that needs right. to be done Right. So in light of in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form because of that. Um, Christ is the, uh, the the Greek there, the pleroma of God, and we are filled with that. So first John or not first John, but John 1 16 for for of his fullness, we have all received. So it's it's the completion. It's the the uh, um, John, Dr. John MacArthur says it's it's the perfect tense of that participle. It's the results of just like you just said. We have been filled, and it's eternal. Right. It's eternal, um, and because of that, uh, that that that's where we rest. We were incomplete because of the fall. He has made us complete because of what he accomplished on Calvary and, and the resurrection. Right. That's right. Um, now, this, this next part of, of verse 10. Oh, yeah. Who is the head of all rule and authority? Now, this, what this means is who is the head of all rulers and all who are in authority. Jesus is the head. You, you know what? Let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, right? What does he say? He says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. All authority, not just, well, some authority here or only authority in the church, but not uh, in, in society, uh, not only in your home, not only in your personal quiet time do I have all authority, but no, right. at all times in heaven and on earth, the whole earth, Christ has all authority. That's right. That's right, man. That is right. Hang on one second. Let me get back to you. Uh, there, there was something, I, a verse I found, and I want to, uh, I wanted to read it. Um, there we go. Um, so, so we we see um, in the order of the resurrection, 
in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, Paul says, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ, the first fruits. After that, those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom of God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and all power. So a little bit of a little bit of eschatology in there. Um, Oh gosh. Uh, so, um, so, so, but Ephesians three ten uh, says this. Um, let me see if I need to back up. I may want to back up uh, a verse. Um, yes, I do. So starting in verse eight, to me, the very least of all the saints, Paul says, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Verse 10, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Now that is a very post mill sounding verse. Yes, 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 it is. And then one more uh, Colossians uh, 2.15, just a few verses after what we're reading now, Paul says that reminds the church of Colossae when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he had made a public display of them having triumphs over them through them. So, so I love this right here. And I love these verses because what this reminds us is yes, why we as Christians should be concerned about political matters. We should be concerned about what happens in our government. We have to remember this. He is the head over all principalities, jurisdictions, magistrates, presidents, kings, rulers, and authorities. He is the head over them. He is the one who by his sovereignty uh, puts them in place and removes them from power. Um, we, we have to rest and remember that. So it doesn't absolve us of our responsibilities, but it, it removes and relieves the stress uh, from, from seeing what's going on and going, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. That's right. That's right. So now <clears throat> we can take these verses, six, seven, eight, nine. And I want you to see the theme of the Lordship of Christ. So, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, he is Lord of all. So, walk in him. You walk in Christ because he is Lord, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. He rooted us. He built us up. He established us. Come on, brother. Because he is Lord. Yes. And because he is Lord, we should be overflowing with gratitude. So that no one takes us captive. Why? Because we're always returning to our Lord. We're always focused on our Lord. No one can come in with with empty, deceitful, vain, fruitless talk and pull us away because we're continually focused on serving our Lord. No one can come in with human tradition and say, do this because we are continually focused on obeying our Lord. No one can come in with any elemental spirits and try to try to give us some kind of Gnostic higher knowledge because we are continually thinking of our Lord. You had something to say? Yeah, I mean, I did, but keep going, man. If you're, <laughs> you're on a roll, brother. But so, I mean, it just, we are to continually be focused, thinking, obeying our Lord, yes. who is Christ. Why? Because in him, the whole fullness of deity is currently dwelling bodily in you. And we have been filled. We've been filled. We're not, we're not emptied. We're not half full. We're not a quarter full. We're not three quarters of the way full, which some people might look at a glass and say, man, that's a full glass. No, we are full to the brim Mm. in Christ because of Christ and because he is, is the head of all rulers and authorities 
in heaven and on earth. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and, and what this, what this means for us from a practical standpoint, how do we do that? What, how, how do we do that from a practical standpoint? How are we, I mean, number one, all, 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 you know, gratitude that that's, that's a mindset, but, but how do we do that? How do we absolutely ensure that we are not being taken captive? Right. Well, first of all, you pray and, and you, you search for and yearn for wisdom, discernment. Secondly, Paul lays it out. Paul lays it out just a chapter later, just a few sentences later. He says in Colossians 3, therefore, right after everything we've talked about, right? Colossians 1, the supremacy of Christ, the personal ministry that he has, um, Moving into Colossians 3 about putting on the new self, he says, therefore, all of that, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, Mm -hmm. seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them, you also once walked when you were living in them. But now, You also put them aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. That's how we do that. That's from a practical standpoint, we die to self. We take up our cross. We put to death, which is hard and requires work and requires sacrifice. It means not watching Game of Thrones. It means not listening to Cardi B. It means not buying into the nonsense that Eric Mason, Jamar Tisby, and everybody else who's preaching a false gospel puts out there. It means obedience. It means righteousness. Sorry, that's not hyper-reformed. That's God living. It's godly living. Come on with that nonsense. We've got, you want to live a life that exudes and exemplifies the fullness of the deity and of the one who dwells in you. You want to ensure that no one takes you captive. Live your life to the glory of God and not your own. Die to your preferences. If, if you have to be, um, advised or told, for example, to cancel Netflix right now, that's a problem. That's a problem. If you can't not watch something that you know, anything, if you're watching something that has to do with mysticism, witchcraft, um, I don't, I don't care what it is, that is directly antithetical to scripture. And if you think that's not going to affect you, you are being naive as scripture states. And this goes for me too. Godly living, righteous living, not because we're earning favor, not because we're trying to go, oop, God's happy with me today, but because we desire to glorify him because we are firmly rooted. He's done that. We are being built. We've been saved. We're being saved. We will be saved by what he's established. And as we were instructed in his word, We in this country have no excuse. We have God's word. Mm -hmm. Overflowing with thanksgiving, gratitude, and love to him and and to everyone around us, all made in the image of God, all made in the image of God, inside the church and outside the church, but as Galatians 6 says, especially to those in the household of faith. That's right. Yeah, and in light of what Chris just said, I want to ask a couple of questions. First one, when and this is for the 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 churchgoer, right, and the preacher and pastor. When are we going to start taking God's word seriously? Second question: When are we going to start taking Christ seriously? 
Yeah. Um, if you love me, you'll do what? Obey my commandments. We were bought by by the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? You were purchased. Galatians 2.20 is not a coffee cup verse. It's, it, it should be a verse that we remember every day. Mm -hmm. I've been crucified with Christ. That means I, by his power, I put to death and mortify my deeds in my flesh and live for him. You know, I've said it often and sometimes jokingly, but it's still, it carries some seriousness. And that's, <clears throat> you know, people always talk about legalism, right? But there's a difference between legalism and biblical. But I'm not opposed to the biblical being viewed as legalism because some people need legalism. They need to be forced to do some things according to Scripture, right? That obedience portion, it's not legalism, it's biblical. Right. But if you want to call it legalism, then yes, you need legalism is, is what I'm really getting at, right? right. If, if, if that's if, what you want to call it, then you need it, right? If, if, if it, look, if you're a pastor and you call anyone who desires or has questions, uh, um, if, if you're spewing things from the pulpit um, that you shouldn't or doing things from the stage that you shouldn't, uh, or saying things that you shouldn't and someone calls you on it and your response is to say you're being a, a, a legalist, a fundamentalist, a hyper-reformed, whatever. Why are you a pastor? Right? Your, your desire and goal should be, you should identify with Paul in Galatians, right? When, when, when Paul in Galatians, I said it earlier, that he, he was longing for... Um, for, for the church at Galatia to, to be, be conformed into the image of Christ. And um, uh, th that should be your desire. I mean, you should work like that. It should be um, th th that sort of process um, for you. And, 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 and remember, remember the words, Paul's words in Romans, Romans 6, we've been freed from the slavery of sin for what? The slavery of righteousness, mm -hmm. righteous living. Guys, just because we're saved that doesn't mean that, 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 there's, that there isn't something required of us now. But again, it's not to earn God's favor. It's because of what he's done. There should be that yearning in you for that. I can't find that verse. I know it's in, it's in Galatians 3 or 4 now. My, my brain's fried, but I agree, brother. Yeah. So just to clear it up, I wasn't saying... We need legalism. I was saying, if you're calling right. what's biblical, if you're going to put a label on then, it, fine, then, go then, for then, it. Then, yeah. then that's yeah, what you need. What you need to be then. <laughs> okay, uh, but with that, we're going to head out of here. We hope that you enjoyed us unpacking and going through these couple of verses. Uh, some of you are probably going, "Wow, I didn't know there was so much information in just a couple of verses." Uh, yeah, you should see when we really start getting into unpacking stuff. We only need one. Uh, oh yeah, let you know. Uh, to fill up like three hours, uh, but yeah, we're being exactly. gracious. <laughs> so, <laughs> but with that, we're going to head out of here. Uh, make sure you become a Patreon subscriber. You know why? Because when we get done with this, we're recording a between the matters and you're going to want to check that out because it's uh, awesome. So anyways, we're getting out of here. We'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya.